0: Hey there and welcome to Dylan It's Your Time. This is a podcast brought to you by me personally to bring on all types of guests on here to share their stories, to be vulnerable, to share insights or anything that will help benefit you in your life. It's about inspiring you. It's about you being seen. It's about you actually looking within on what maybe you need to look at. And I'm really excited and honored to do this with you guys and looking forward to just diving in with everyone and sharing my insights with you personally and I'm ready to be vulnerable. Let's dive in. Hi guys. I have a really amazing guest. Um, uh, with me today. You know how I always say that I have a really amazing guest because I think humans are amazing. So it's always the same thing that I say, or I have this guest that I'm so excited about, but I'm just always so excited to bring people on to share their humbling voice and have a conversation on their story and what they've been through and just be here. And I'm so honored and happy that you're here. So Thank you for that. As my hand goes through my heart, thank you for being here and listening. Um, Aiden, I am so honored that I had him on and was able to do this interview with him. He is a trans man, and he is well-known in the trans uh, community. And I don't actually view him as a trans man. I view him as a man. Like, I see him as he is exactly where he's supposed to be. But there is a journey and a story that is taking him to who he is truly. And I really think that that's such a, a beautiful thing when you line up grounding and exactly in your human body and your experience and your rea- reality where you're supposed to be and who you are. So I'm really grateful for him and to be able to dive into his journey, him himself, and just conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy this uh, interview as much as I did, and thank you guys again. Hello, 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 and welcome to a brand new week, guys. I have a, an amazing guest on with me today, Aiden Dowling, and um, gosh, I we're doing a live one on Zoom right now, and I'm just really honored and humbled. I can't even like, I might start crying actually soon here. (laughs) I just think you're so incredible. I think everyone's incredible, but I just think everything that you're doing out in the world, just, I think you have really, truly landed in your purpose. And I'm so honored to share this conversation with you. And, um, yeah, if you don't know him, then you're going to find out all about him and everything that he does. He's just, he's just this beautiful man. I
1: just adore so, so much.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you guys where to find them and everything too, but I just want to dive right into all about you.
1: Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is uh, awesome and like everyone who's listening doesn't know that I had to cancel yesterday <laughs> due to just like having this intense headache. So I just feel like there should also be space held for just like appreciation from you for like allowing me to have that time um, and being flexible so that I could show up 100% here. And uh, yeah, it's great to, great to see you. Great to interact with another human (laughs) in some capacity. Um, So yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm also just uh, really humbled by your words and, and your praise. So I really appreciate that.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Truly mean it. Um, so I you know kind of just mentioned that you know I'm such a huge fan of you just being you just always just showing up as yourself and being as vulnerable as you are, and I want to find out all about like how how you got into being so vulnerable and from there, mm-hmm. but um, if you were to describe who you are forwards in the past and forwards who you are now,
1: Oh my goodness, so the past, who was I in the past? Um, I mean, I think when I, you know, when I think about who I was, let's just say like a pre and post transition, maybe that would be a good place to start. So I transitioned from female to male when I was 22 and I'm, I'm 32 now. My birthday is in July, but I'm still 32 in this moment. Um, (laughs) so, um, I'm, I'm like hitting that age where like those little numbers, I don't want them to care, but I'm like, you know, uh, starting to relate to like 45 year olds who still are like, but I feel like I'm 25. I'm like, I kind of get that now. So I like talk to youth a lot um, in colleges and stuff. And I'm like, no, I get it. I get it. And then I'm like, actually, I'm like, 10, 11 years older than you. But it's okay. Um, I remember that when they're like, let's go out, let's party. And I'm like, I have to go back to the hotel. And like, go to sleep I'm tired (laughs) um so the pre you know the the younger Aiden um I was really uh I was very I used comedy a lot when I was younger to get my emotions out um and when so if I wasn't like trying to be really funny or being like the class clown then I was I was on the flip side and being very like introverted very um Like I dealt a lot with depression when I was a teenager and in my early twenties, and um, self harm. I also suffered from a condition called PMDD, which is related to your menstrual cycle, where I was um, periodically uh, taking antidepressants in a form, like in some type of cycle, to help regulate my hormones when I did get my menstruation menstrual cycle. Um, and I really had a lot of like idolization of people who were, um, who would, who like committed suicide or who were suicidal, who were writing books about depression and Prozac Nation was like one of my Bibles. Um, and yeah. And, uh, you know, I had this idolization, I think. And I think I, as I got older, I think I realized that idolization of just like, being in mental institutions or being um, diagnosed in some capacity was like, you know, you could point at something and say, this is why I am, this is why I am who I am. Um, And looking back now, like as a trans person, like, oh, okay. Like I was just trying to find something that explained why I was feeling all of these feelings and not feeling good about my life and not being able to see my future projected. Um, That's because I was, living as a female, living as a lesbian, um, not living as my true self. And yeah, so I had a lot of, uh, a lot of just depression and, and lots of, you know, those like deep, those like dark teenage years, teenage angst, you know, um,
0: being hard as a teenager. So imagine on top of that as well, I'm sure that was pretty intense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was no language for it when I was growing up. Um, I was born in 87. So I was growing up in, you know, these years were like the late 1990s into the early 2000s. And there just was no language about being transgender or what it was to be born one sex and identify as the opposite gender. Um, So I think for me, it was like, there was no outlet. So you just felt like super alone and super like no one gets it. Um, when you're a teenager and you already think that, um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. but at least you could relate to like other teenagers and like, uh, find your little like crew, so to speak. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, but then I was also like very funny on the outside. So a lot of people didn't know that I was struggling because I was comical in my life. I was always the class clown. I always wanted to make people funny. I got along with a lot of people. I wouldn't say I was like super popular by any means. Um, And I did, I did suffer from like teasing and I had like one, one bully. Um, And But, uh, but like, you know, I was kind of friends with a lot of different people. So I think I I kind of flew under the radar of someone who's like self-harming and being like feeling depressed. Um, Not a lot of people knew what was going on. Um, But clearly I did (laughs) when no one was around, you know? Right.
0: Yeah. So So for, so for being the, you know, that expression then, like, how would you describe like four words on who you are now?
1: Yeah, now in the present, um, I'm like a very different person. Um, But it's interesting because as I start to say that and like continue to tell that rhetoric, um, I've noticed that like, I I guess, you know, I'm a very different person. But would I be the person I am today if I didn't have all of those experiences when I was younger? Probably not, right? So I'm very different. But I've been using more of the word like, well, I'm like evolved now like, um, you know, like a Pokemon. Mm-hmm. I've gone to stage two uh, <laughs> of my evolution. <laughs> and yeah, and so now it just feels more like, you know, I'm not different. I'm not any different. I'm just more evo- of an evolved being. And I'm much more centered and grounded in myself and confident in myself. And I no longer have the idolization of uh, death. I don't feel like Um, that's my, you know, when I'm angry or sad, I I don't think about ending my life anymore, which is, was always something that I thought about, um, during those times. And now I, you know, I, in that time in the last 10 years, you know, I met the love of my life. We got married, we've had a baby, you know, a year and a half ago. Um, and so a lot of things have just really changed for me in that sense of not, you know, of of really thriving, and I'm still, like, I I still think that I'm funny, um, but I'm, (laughs) like, no, I'm not, like, comedian TikTok funny, you know, like, I I always joke that I'm, like, I'm very much, like, dad funny, and I'm very much, like, in conversation, like, (laughs) kind of, like, you know, like, little one-offs, like, I think of, like, you know, Chandler from Friends, like, just, like, little little things that are, like, oh, that's funny, but I'm not, like, (laughs) by any means considered the uh you,
0: you don't want to do stand up
1: No, I don't want to do stand up. <laughs> I'm not funny enough for TikTok. Um so I'm just like, you know, I'm just like dad funny, you know. Funny. I'm all right. I'm okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um you have made such a impact, you know, like on people and when you started, you know, doing that, how like how did that start for you? When did you like I'm going to start, you know, doing a YouTube channel, I'm going to really start to reach out and do an Instagram. And Mm -hmm. how how did that vision like come for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, all of my social media stuff was really, really basic. Um, There was no intention to like have created what I created today, like the intention, when I started my YouTube channel, which is really like my first I mean, I didn't even have Facebook. I had MySpace, but it wasn't like I was, you know, I just, I had MySpace, like every other person had MySpace, you know, um, I loved MySpace. and right. And like arguing <laughs> who to keep in your top eight, you I know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right? uh, like you get mad at a friend. So you're like, you know what? You're nine now. I'm I gonna- did this.
0: I was like, wow, this is manipulative. <laughs> right. No, it's really,
1: it's really sick. And then you see like, oh, they're dating, but she's not in her top eight. What's going on? You know? Yeah, there was drama back then too. Seriously, you know, they try to act like MySpace didn't have any drama, but it had its drama. It did. Um, so yeah, I was just, uh, you know, honestly, I started my YouTube channel. That was probably my first like venture into real social media, so to speak. Um, and I did it because I didn't have any friends. Like I didn't have any friends who understood what I was going through as I started to recognize my transgender identity, and I saw a very small group of trans guys online. And I thought, "Oh okay, cool like i wanna I want friends. I want to talk to people who are going through things that I relate to, I wanna feel seen, and I felt a lot of love when I stepped into that space out like not even making videos, just commenting on other people's videos and connecting with other trans men um and like again, it was a very small group i mean uh, if your video got like." 100 views it was like a big deal it was like oh my god there's 100 people out there who know what trans is or care or like yeah. are, you know um most most people were getting like 79 views 34 views you know <laughs> um and so yeah so i i felt two things i felt like one i wanted to be seen and two like these other guys, even though they didn't know what they were doing, creating their videos really helped me. And so I felt like, okay, you know, I've always believed in the concept of like, if you have a question that you feel is stupid, then someone else in the room has that same question. And so it's kind of like, all right, well, if I feel like this helped me in some capacity, then there's other people out there that can also receive help from me, even if it's like very indirectly, you know? Um, And that was really, that was the only reason. It was a very, you know, I, I use the word selfish, but not like in a negative connotation. Just like it was very selfish because I, I, I did it for me. Like I didn't have any friends. No one knew what I was going through, and I wanted to feel connected. So I started making YouTube videos. It was as simple as that. And well, then just re- it really just took off. Like when did, when did it start? You're like, wow, I'm starting to get kind of a following here. Like, yeah, it's interesting because. <laughs> I don't know, like maybe because I just was comparing myself to the other people who had bigger followings, but I never felt like it took off, so to speak. Like even now to this day, I'm always like, there's like so many trans people with way more followers than I have. Um, So I think like more for me, it wasn't so much like, oh, it took off. I don't think I had kind of that success rate. I think for me, it was the the concept of like what I was talking about and the consistency of putting out the content. Um, Cause you know, even to this day, you know, I, I get, you know, a couple of thousand views, but again, when I compare to other guys on YouTube, it's like, it's really not that much, but they're not necessarily talking about the things I'm talking about. So I feel like my content and consistency was talking about topics that people weren't talking about. And so if you were, in, if you were interested in what I had to say, it's because you were actually really interested and you weren't just like clicking it for clickbait. You weren't just like wanting to hear the drama. Um, you were watching cause you were somewhat invested in what I was talking about. And I think that's where the difference between like, you know, just having like hundreds of thousands of followers and having like, couple of thousand that are really committed and are really building a community, I think that's kind of more my thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I might not yeah, I just feel like I might not be able to draw like the million crowd, but the people who do come are gonna show up, you know?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um like so you didn't you didn't have like anticipate like a vision for this or anything. You just kind of just found your community, wanted to connect with people, reach out, share what you're going through, maybe meet some friends, and then it just turned into what it's going for now.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, (laughs) I think my, I think my real vision was like, I was going to transition and then not be on YouTube anymore and just live my life as a man, because that was, that's what everyone was doing. Um, you know, you were slightly shamed if you had any sense of wanting to continue your connection with your female identity. Um, which again was something that I always talked about wanting to do. So, uh, you know,
0: Gosh, that's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, what is your overall you know vision where it's going now is that I actually want to congratulate you, I did look up your website last night. Oh. <laughs> phenomenal, like phenomenal. Thanks. I was crying at the video. I was like, Oh my God,
1: really? No. Um, thank you. I've, I've, n- I've had a website for many years and I've never had a website where I was like, yeah, I feel like this actually represents who I am and what I have to offer. And um, thank, like shout out to my friend, David, who helped me out um, because I had been working on this website for months and months. And he kind of, he, he took my vision and we worked together and uh, really he, he had like the the brains to make it. Um, yeah. And I had the vision to, to like know what I wanted. Um, so when we came together, it was really great. So I appreciate that. Um, Absolutely. and, and I feel like, uh, you were saying like, what, where, what, we, what was the question? Like, where am I, what do yeah, I see where, now?
0: Yeah. Where are you trying to go? Like where with it, where it's going now? Cause I mean, you, you do have a big thing going on.
1: I'm yeah. Say. I mean, no, I appreciate that. Um, really I think in, <laughs> so in the last, in the beginning of 2020, before uh, you know the world shut down, um, I knew that I was going to be redoing my website. I knew that I would. I had in the last two years started to shift my messaging a little bit um, because I've been doing a lot of my own growth, my own learning, my own healing, and I've realized that I'm just, you know, again, like kind of like evolving a little bit more um, right. as I step into fatherhood, as I step into my mid 30s, um, and you know, just growing, maturing. I think that's just, it just kind of happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whether you want it to do or not, it just does. Um, and I think now what I've realized is, you know, I, I've, I've battled a lot because a lot of the people that I see doing what I do, like go to resources like Patreon or, you know, they pretty much they start to make content and then, um, offer that content at a low price for their viewers. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all, like whatsoever. Um, for me, I just never wanted to do that. I never wanted to have to pay people for my content because I felt like most of my people are trans people. So most of them are already on the pop underneath the poverty line, you know, so they don't mm-hmm. have money and if they have an extra six dollars a month like save it towards your surgery like don't give it to me you know um and i saw this really big like gap because it was like there's companies out there who have plenty of money to pay trans people right for their services right and there's plenty of universities and there's plenty of businesses and there's plenty of like speaking opportunities and summits and conferences that could also pay trans people for their services And so I just kind of have stepped into this acknowledgement that like my content, like will always be free. That's like something that I will always have. Um, Because I feel like, you know, again, like I'd rather take money from a big company that's benefiting off of me than a trans person who's using me as a form of motivation and encouragement for them to live their lives. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm really focused a lot on like consulting for companies with LGBT and trans, like, you know, the whole gamut of like marketing and consulting uh, for companies who are trying to reach the LGBT community in a really like authentic way. um, And not just like slapping a pride sticker on their marketing tech stuff, right? Right. Um, um and continuing my speaking um you know continuing my speaking at colleges you know at businesses you know because you know at at summits and conferences and stuff um so those are like the two main things that i've i've been focusing on um and i'm actually uh it's not announced yet so it's kind of like an exclusive um i'm not sure when this will actually be up but um You know, I'm actually starting a coaching business for trans people. So that's going to be another way for people who, if you do have the funds and you do want to work directly with me, then I want to open up that opportunity to do so and to help be more invested in my community that i've built and um more invested in the people that are here for me and i do have plans um for 2021 um to in january of 2021 to open up a um like a scholarship program if you wanted to do coaching with me and you know you can't afford it then you know you can apply and we can work together for free pretty much, you know? Um, And so that'll be opening in, in 2021. And so I'm kind of trying to find ways that feel good to me um, that can continue to give back. Um, And, uh, you know, I have my nonprofit point of pride as well, but I mean, I've had that for five years. We have a board, put a lot of hours into that every week too. So um, I'm hoping to also kind of get that some recognition as well. but yeah, I mean, I think mostly I'm, I'm mostly trying to, I think, expand out past the YouTube world, um, and make more of like a direct impact change. Like, uh, it might be a big goal, but, you know, by the time, you know, in like 40 years, it'd be really great to see that, you know, 41% of all LGBT youth have attempted suicide it'd be really great to see that number down to 21 percent or 19 percent or 18 percent um and that that'll be done through a community of people who are working towards that and i'm absolutely a part of that community of people
0: yeah that's absolutely incredible i'm so excited for you (laughs) are you excited yeah 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 I'm (laughs) i'm
1: very nervous too like i'm super nervous um uh, I, yeah, I'm definitely super nervous. But I always can I ask why feel you're like, nervous. Um, I think I'm nervous because I'm personally still on my own journey of like self worth, mm. and I think I'm nervous to be like, "Hey, I'm doing coaching," and then have someone be like, "You're taking money from the trans community to do coaching," or you know what I mean. So I've just been working a lot on, you know, um, on that and like you know, learning my own worth and how much space I can take up. And feel yeah. as you know, feel worthy of taking up that space, and also acknowledging that, like I've been giving i I've been given a lot of space within the trans community, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, doing work with my nonprofit is like a way that I, I know single, like uh, that I single handedly am giving back in some capacity, you know. Um. So, so yeah, I think it's mostly just like about worthiness and really feeling like deserving. And right. that's all stuff that only I can, I, I can say, like you can compliment me all day, which is like fantastic. Right. But like, if I, if it doesn't penetrate me, if I don't feel it, if I can't let it in, then it doesn't really matter. Um and couldn't so that's, relate even more with that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So.
0: It's a journey itself for sure. Some days are fantastic. Some days you're like, oof, I'm here right. again. Right. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Actually, I wanted, maybe I'll come back to it because I want to move a little bit more, but I want to do touch on your non-profit um, one that you just mentioned. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. So, um, I mean, like how we connected was Abraham Hicks. Like I remember when I saw you there and I was just like, oh my God, like you're you're here. And you see like have this, I mean, I'll keep complimenting you. <laughs> just like you have this beam of like vibrating this light that's just mm. like so approachable. Like when you see yourself, like, you know, when I've seen you, like, online, and um, when I saw you, I was just, like, should I approach him? I don't know, you don't, you don't ever know what people are going to be, how they are, and you are exactly how you are, so (laughs) (laughs) applaud you for that. Um, I wanted to ask you, like, you know, when did you start doing, um, getting into Abraham Hicks, and, like, you know, focusing more on vibrating, like what you attract. Cause I remember you didn't even have a ticket and you're like, but I'm going to get in and i and you got in, it was yeah. so amazing. So I want to know your, your journey with, um, vibrating, like what you attract.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so like a quick, like for your knowledge. So I did get in, but I got in cause I paid for myself to get it. <laughs> um, but I didn't have a ticket and I didn't have, uh, you know, it was like, it's $250. I know. And I didn't have $250. <laughs> so I put on my credit card. Me too. Um, right. <laughs> like, yeah. but I went, I went there with the, with the open, with the expectation to have to pay. But well, I don't know if expectation is the right word, but with the, um, I went into to that Abraham Hicks event, like with the thought process that like, and the openness that, if that there is a possibility that someone could have an extra ticket, then someone didn't show up. There is a possibility that someone could see me and just feel this need to buy my ticket. Um, but I also knew that like, I didn't want to carry like a uh, shame or a guilt or an unworthiness that like, I don't have the money. And if I, if no one gets me a ticket in, then I'm not going. And, you know, so I kind of was like battling this in between of like, I'm going to put myself out there and let people know I don't have a ticket. Right. Because yeah. if people don't know, I'd, yeah, if people don't know I don't have a ticket, then they wouldn't offer me one if they had one in their back pocket. Um, and I also had my credit card ready to pay if I needed to, right? Because <laughs> right, I, I yeah, I was like, okay, like this is how it's gonna go. And um, so I was just trying to be open, but also not uh, not like trigger that unworthiness aspect, right? Right. And uh, and I got it. So I got into Abraham Hicks when. Jane Lee, my wife, introduced me to Abraham Hicks Mm. probably 2015-ish, 2014, 2015 in that time zone, Um, and it was mostly, it was really hard for me um, in the beginning listening to Abraham. Jane Jane Lee, my wife, would listen to it a lot, and I just would kind of like hear it, you know, like we'd be in a car, and she'd be like, can I put on Abraham, and I'd be like, sure, you know. and I was seeing a lot of the healing and blossoming that my wife was doing. And I felt like attracted to that. And I was like, you know, I, I, I want to do that too. And she would remind me that I can do that. And then I can heal things and that, you know, I can uh, learn what I've been taught and unlearn it, you know, like, cause you kind of have to learn what you've been taught, yeah. even though you know it, you have to yep. learn that you were, yeah, right. Learn yep. that you were taught it and then try to unlearn it. So, Abraham really is, I still listen to Abraham, like, before we hopped on this, I was like, oh, listen, to Abraham, I mean, if not daily, then multiple times throughout my week. If it's not daily, it's because, like, I had a busy day, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I love how I you
0: can you can look up Abraham, like, anything that you're going through on YouTube or anything, and it's, like, she always has, like, this thing to bring it through.
1: Right. Um, I actually use, like, divination when I listen to Abraham, so... I uh, listen so much that, like, I listen to, like, a few different speakers, and so what I do is I go onto my phone, and I go to my YouTube app, and if you, like, swipe down on your, like, feed on YouTube, it, like, regenerates, Yeah. Um. and so what I always do is, like, I open up my app, and then I'm, like, okay, so what message do I need to hear today, and I'll swipe it down, and, Um, you know, because I listen to Abraham so much. It's usually like Abraham, Les Brown, uh, T.D. Jakes. Like there's only like a few, there's like four people I listen to. And if I have Abraham in my mind, 99.9% of the time, Abraham's the first one that comes up. So I'll swipe it down and, you know, whatever comes up first, then that's the one I'll I'll listen to. And it always, always has something to do with what I'm going through. Hmm. Even if I'm like, I'm not like, it's a money one. And I'm like, I'm not thinking about money at all, but all right, I'll listen to it. Like there's always something in there. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. that's so Yeah. Cute. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When, <laughs> how, how much like change have you noticed? Like by listening to her, like, cause how would you say that you relate? Like where does she, you're like, dang, this is where I feel the connection with this and I'm seeing a difference in myself.
1: Uh, yeah that's a really good question I feel like um because because I like you know I don't know because it's interesting because like law of attraction is definitely a part of it but I don't really like my essence doesn't necessarily vibe with law of attraction on all aspects because I think a lot of like um okay we won't get into that we'll talk about what you actually <laughs> so, <laughs> so we can go on about that um Cause it's like messy, right? Um, it's true.
0: Actually, i like, to like, go on that
1: too. Yeah. Like some parts of law of attraction I really love and some parts um like, they, like my essence is just like, that's not how it works though. Like people are con- misconstruing, like they're messing it up. <laughs> um, but I, I
0: agree. I wonder if it's the same,
1: but yeah. Right, I, <laughs> I digress. Um, and so I think with me, like what connects me to Abraham is just the, the oneness that like we're all here in our own journeys yet we're all connected um and also just this concept that like you're we are these like radiant beings and all of the things that we want and need are actually inside of us and all that's coming out on the outside is like a reflection of that um so i think that's mostly like what resonates with me. Cause you know, the more I focus on like, yeah, I started like with gratitude, right? Like the more I focused on being happy and being grateful um, the more things I was able to notice that I was grateful for. And yeah. the more, you know, like sometimes I'll tell people, I'm like, listen, you know, like if you wake up in the morning, like, and you can walk to go pee, like you should be grateful <laughs> that you have legs and you should be grateful that you don't pee into a bag. Because some people do and some people don't have legs and some people, you know, and like I can see people's eyes roll like, oh my God, like, really, I have to be grateful for having legs. And I went through that too. Um, But then I think you like grow up and you meet people without legs and you meet people who have to, you know, you know, have bags attached to their stomachs and you go, okay, now I get it. I'm very grateful I have legs (laughs) and I'm really grateful that I can do these small things. And I think once you do that, you kind of just like momentum, right? Like that's another thing I really relate to with Abraham. It's like you have this momentum. It's like you feel good a little bit and you can feel a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. and better. Um, And now that I'm just talking about it, I think probably the biggest thing that resonates with me with Abraham is the concept of satisfaction um Abraham talks a lot about how people always want to like people just they're like oh I want to be happy and I want to like have all these things or like I want to be on this like high flying vibe like all the time like I just want to feel great all the time and feel so amazing and I really relate to the concept that like I don't really know if that's where we should be trying to go every single day of every single minute um I really I agree think with that you we should yeah, like, I really think we should actually realize that, like, satisfaction is actually a really good resting point, like, when you can just, like, sit down wherever you are and take a breath and look around and be, like, yeah, if actually, this is, like, I feel pretty satisfied, like, you know, like, I just had a great lunch, or, and I have a roof over my head, and, like, you know, um, I have things to do, I have friends, like, just, like, thinking of all those things and just being, like, yeah, like, I I feel satisfied, like, but I think satisfied has been downgraded uh, the way we talk about it. People are like, well, I don't want to just be satisfied. And it's like, first of all, night, like you're not even satisfied 100% of the time, right? Yeah. So like, that's a great, like, that's a great <laughs> place to start is to just be satisfied. It's you really know, true. Like, as a, right? Like as a trans body, I'm always just like, you don't have to absolutely wake up every morning and be like, I love my body. Even like, because a lot of us don't. And like a lot of us do not all of us, but a lot of trans people really do struggle with dysphoria. It is something that is, you know, in their everyday life. And it's not just, they're not like trans and okay with their body. That's not a lot of people's story. And, uh, so I think like, like when I talk a lot about dysphoria, I talk a lot about satisfaction. It's like, listen, you might, you know, reaching for that, like look in the mirror and you're just like, yeah, this fucking great. Look at me. I look so great. This is so awesome. I love that person. It's like, you know, you should probably just work on being satisfied before trying to reach for like, going really high with that. So, I so yeah.
0: agree with you like a hundred percent
1: on that. Yeah.
0: Actually I have a vision board behind me that says satisfaction, like the biggest. <laughs> That's <word>. great. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, and I think that also we learn a lot from when we're in our, when our dark, you know, moments and to like, to go from there. So I think that always vibrating and like, everything is great there's always little joys and things to be grateful for for every day. But I think we learn a lot from the things that, you know, bring us to our knees and like need to like cry and figure out where the growth is and that. And then we come into satisfaction, growth, gratitude, but to always Mm be you know grateful for every little thing in your day. Cause there's just like you said, when you wake up, like you have legs, you can go, like we take things for granted. And I think it's a great reminder to just have you just check in to say, you know, like, I can go pee. I can like walk. Mm-hmm. I can do little things. So I think that's, yeah.
1: Yeah. And if, if you can't be grateful for those things, then I think you need to expand your friends. Like you need yeah. to talk to more people cause you're living in a bubble because you know what I mean? Like if you can't be grateful for your legs in the morning and that you can walk and like actually have a true gratitude for that, then like you really need to go to a special Olympics event and volunteer, you really need to go to a rehabilitation center and volunteer, like you really need to expose yourself to, you know, the things that aren't granted to all people for whatever reason, um, and recognize that like, if you have legs and can walk, you're granted something for a particular reason, you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, I mean, that's definitely something I've learned It's just like expanding your friend circle to involve all different types of people so that you can recognize and learn too. Right. I'm
0: sure you come a lot more humbled from it too.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah. Right. Cause you're just like, yeah. Cause like you you make a joke about something and then you're like, Oh, okay. that's actually not funny because like this, this person doesn't have that or you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So.
0: Mm. What, um, what are your thoughts on vision boards? Like,
1: I've, ooh, sorry, <laughs> you're doing um,
0: you're doing a thing tonight, aren't you?
1: I was just gonna say, yeah, we're doing a vision board tonight. Um, I love vision boards. Like, I have we have secret vision boards all around our house that you wouldn't even know. So, like, I'm in my um room right now, and like, there's a poster above our bed, and on the back of it is like, Jaylee and I like wrote this whole like vision and you know it's not pictures but it's words yeah and but on the other side it's just another it's just some like a picture that you wouldn't know that if you flipped it over there's like a whole vision board behind that um I have so not we do heard the, it this
0: way I will keep going I love this
1: yeah yeah so we have it in like and we have two other pieces of uh art that we like wrote on the back of um I know that vision boards are usually like pictures and stuff but I really relate a lot to language and words uh verbiage so like we do that a lot like all over the place. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I love vision boards. I think that they're, they're awesome. Yeah. We're hosting a craft night. Um, especially like during this time, you know, uh, you know, just, I lost a lot of gigs. Um, I lost a lot of speaking and like, you know, influencer work. Um, and, uh, Janely and I just started to get a little more transparent about that and we tried to brainstorm of like how we can, how can we like, you know, cause then I would talk about online and people would be like, Oh, like, can I do, can I donate money to you? Like, and, and it was <laughs> like super beautiful that these people wanted to help us. But I just always feel like, I don't know, again, with my worthiness that I'm working on, I always yeah. feel like, I'm like, I don't want to just take like your $20. You know what I mean? Like, so let me at least like create something that Jaylee and I can do together. We can do it with our son Andler. Like we do it as a family, we can cultivate like a community space. And then if you want to donate money to us, awesome. You know what I mean? And if you don't have any money, then come anyway, you know? So rather than just being like, Hey, if you want to donate money, donate, it's like actually creating a space of reciprocity where it's like, Hey, we're going to host this space. And if you have the means and you feel called to like, give us some money for hosting this space. Awesome. Like, thank you. You know what I mean? Like this will help us pay for our food and our electric bill and stuff. Um, so we decided to do like craft nights because we love crafting. Um, and we know that as a family and as couples and as singles, really, as anybody in this time, like trying to do things, get together with people, you know, yeah. it's not really something that can be done. Um, so we started doing craft nights and it, tonight is the vision board night. And that's because Lee and I have used vision boards like our almost our whole relationship oh, wow. um
0: has it all like, even has like, it came through like when you put it yeah
1: oh yeah yeah like we have our vision boards because they're like crazy on point and just like really i mean it i w- have been a skeptic like i've like generally holds me in that s- skeptic zone and i still a little bit am in that sometimes <laughs> um and like we the last apartment we had before this one I'm in currently was like a direct like manifestation of what we i mean Jane Lee put on her vision board that she wanted um a bathtub like from like like a pretty much like a huge gem carved out and it be her bathtub and i was just like okay like i don't know how much that's gonna cost you know what i mean uh, and then the next place we the next apartment we went and saw an apartment and um and like we had listed everything like i was sick of the carpet so i wanted all wood floors and we wanted a view and we wanted this and we wanted like just like obnoxious amounts of things um and we got an opportunity to rent a place that literally like What they had done was in their, in the two showers that were like in the two baths, they had gotten this vinyl gemstone looking like vinyl that goes on like the inside of your shower. So it's pretty much instead of just being like a white shower, they have this like fancy vinyl or whatever that's put over and it looks like a gem, like close up. Um... And so it was just like, right we saw that. We just looked at each other and we we're like, what the, like, what? <laughs> what? Like, these people have a, and like, no, it wasn't like some, like, you know, it wasn't exactly what Jane Lee pictured, but, right. you know, there was no specific, like the picture that she had on there was just like, this is a representation of what I want. Right. And then we walk in and like, there it is, like a shower with, like that when you're in the shower you look around at the walls and you're looking at the inside of a gemstone you know what i mean so it's just like what this is crazy <laughs> um so yeah so like it, it 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 has definitely come to fruition in like more than one way that's just one like really tangible way um so yeah like vision boards are definitely incredible i, mean, I really like vision boards
0: at first i mean like when you hear about them you're like mm. Okay, I'll try this. And then you do it, and you're like, "Oh, this is actually kind of fun." And then you, when you start looking at it, and everything starts to come to life, it's, it's crazy, it's crazy. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Um, hold on, let's. Yeah. Also, I um, wanted to like tap on to your meditation sessions because yeah. you really are big into meditating, and when did you start doing that? And when did you start seeing changes and how that helped, to like with anxiety and just how mm. your days start?
1: Yeah, I started meditating cause everywhere, like I was going to therapy and, um, I was just really stressed and had a lot of anxiety and I was like doing all the things people said to do. like Oh, like go for a run okay, go for a run. That didn't help. Like, you know, like uh, a lot of the things people talk about when they're like, when they were mentioning anxiety and stress was like releasing it in a physical way, but but I'm pretty physical already. Like I like to work out. I like to hike. I like to be with my body. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I don't like to like walk the trail. I like climb on things and like jump on stuff. You know what I mean? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So it was more about like just calming my mind and getting my mind to shut down. And, um, so I probably started meditating. I don't have a date on it, but if I had to guess at at least I would say two years, if not more, to be honest. Um, but at least definitely in a consistent way, the last two years. And I got into it because it was the one thing I hadn't tried. And Mm. it was the one thing that kept showing up. It was like, Abraham was like, Oh, meditate. And then these other people I would listen to were like, Oh, meditate. And then I'd like listen to a random podcast and it'd be someone about meditation. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. Okay. I get the message. I need to meditate. Thank you. <laughs> That's really resistant at first. You know, um, I was, it, it kind of got to the point where it was like, all right, I'll try it. Like, sure. You know, like I've tried everything else. Uh, if nothing is helping. Uh, or like things are helping, but they're not helping to the extent that I w- want them to. Mm-hmm. So, okay, great. Here we go. I'll try and meditate. Um, and my friend actually at the time he had started meditating too. And so it was like, okay, I have to do this thing, I guess. Um, and it was really slow for me at first. Um, it, you know, I started with three minute meditations that were so hard to do. <laughs> um, and I kind of developed what I think, um, I actually want to make a YouTube series about this cause they got a lot of questions about it. Um, I, I think I developed my own like beginner's meditation, like how to meditate, like what to start with, how to begin um, and how to know that. And like how to trust that, like if if you keep getting the sign that you need to meditate, that is something you need to do. You know what I mean? Um, That's true. Yeah. And I used to say, which I still agree in some level, like I used to say like when I'm working out, I feel like I'm meditating because I'm counting, you know, repetitions, yeah. I'm breathing a certain way, but I feel like that's more of a meditation for the body like that's more of a a grounding for your body and i realized that there's a big difference between meditation for your body and meditation for your mind Um, because quieting down your mind is really it's a lot of work it's not easy and you know i like now i'm up i do 15 minutes now and like maybe maybe two minutes of that 15 minutes and they're not even two minutes in a row it's like 10 seconds 15 seconds 30 seconds um that equal equate to two minutes um of quiet of actually just being at peace and just being calm and i think i continue to do it because it really helps like just learning to breathe right learning like when things happen now i just take a breath before i respond or if i feel myself like getting pent up or feel like myself feeling uneasy like i just take a deep breath now um i guess it's just actually connected me more to my brain or like not my brain but you know what i mean
0: yeah yes absolutely more of like just quieting things down right in a way to ground you i i mean i just started i'm I do a lot of different things, but I just started meditating over the whole quarantine thing as well. And it's been, it's really incredible too. like the changes that I've seen in myself. And I'm actually starting a scholarship next week to be able to teach it.
1: Cool. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, that's <laughs> fun. That's one thing I'm nervous about. Like a lot of people are like, you should host meditations. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Give that to the experts.
0: but i mean people probably relate to you so they're like i'm sure you give like what works for you and you're like it works try it and if it doesn't you know it's not like you're trying to be anybody that you're not
1: right 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 yeah Yeah.
0: and you also use uh cbd oils too like
1: yeah yeah so i started using actually my mom introduced me to cbd because she is uh an rn and she works at a chronic pain uh with a doctor who deals with chronic pain and so they have started converting a majority of their like opioid users to cbd products and um she was like oh you should try it and i was in oregon at the time and marijuana is legal there so a lot of people talk about cbd they've been selling cbd there for before like you know I'm in mean, Texas now, you get CBD at like your grocery store, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> but right, but that's like new, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it like was kind of like a, a people were talking about it where I was living. My mom was now talking about it and that they're using, she was using it for her patients and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just like, okay, like, you know, let, let's try it. It was kind of like, again, like it's all around me. People are talking about it. I have access to it. So why not try it? Yeah. Um, and now I use it every day, um, as part of my meditation. Like I take my tincture right before my meditation and, um, like I have different types of CBD that I use for different things. Uh, and it just feels, it's just plant medicine. It just really is, uh, it's like not psychoactive. Um, and I'm like trying to like get my friends into it to see if they like it too. Um, is there and like threat? more-
0: person or a student brand that you like yeah
1: so I I am I like am sponsored and work very closely with Ziggy Naturals and um, I work with them because my uh, friend of mine Jordan is a trans man and he started this company with his father and his brother which is just really beautiful yeah right it's just really (laughs) beautiful that like they all like work together and like he you know he started it for his own anxiety and stuff Um, and it's you know I they use like as much organic as they can get their hands on, um, they use like a, a Colorado based, um, grower. Um, you know, they've like sent me videos of like, Oh, this is the machine we use. And like, they're just very transparent. It's a small, it's like a small business, um, who, you know, kind of puts the product and the, that on top of like the bottom line, because they can, because they're small and they don't, you know what I mean? Like yeah. You know, they want to have a good product that works, especially because it's related to the LGBT community. And we all know how much like anxiety and all that is just written in the LGBT community. And a lot of people use cannabis as a form of self-medication. And I feel like those same people also talk about like having not good times with cannabis. You know what I mean? And it's like because cannabis can be, you know, have has many different entities to it, and you know the t h c in cannabis can really not be good for you if you're someone who's anxious and oh, stressed out yeah. already yeah you know um and so yeah, I mean, I think it's just like exploring the the plant medicine more i mean i I have switched over a lot to like homeopathy anyway um I try not to use uh, over-the-counter stuff if I don't need to. But I, I recognize Western medicine's place in the world. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, sometimes, like, I you know, if I get sick and I need antibiotics, like, I take antibiotics. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, if I, like, break my arm, I'm going to go to the doctor and <laughs> get it in a cast. Like, I'm not just going to be like, oh, my arm's fine. I'm going to talk it into healing, you know? I mean? I'm going <laughs> like, to
0: meditate on this and see. <laughs> exactly.
1: exactly. <laughs> But, but so, so like with CBD, my favorite one that I use is a tincture because it's like the buildup of CBD in your system that actually will work. So it's not like you take the tincture and you feel any type of calming effects. You actually have to take it. At least what I've learned is like I have to be very consistent with it. Um, and if I take it for like three or four days, then I start to notice this, like just little bit of calm that I'm feeling a little bit, like I said before, like I can take the deep breath and maybe I could take two deep breaths before I go into some story or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of how I like to take it. Um, but like, you know, yesterday when I had my headache, I had, we also have like CBD in a vape form, like a vape pen and like the vape goes into your lungs, like, and it absorbs right into your, uh, capillaries, I think yes is the right word there. Right. And so like, it hits you a lot quicker. Right. Um, as opposed to like drinking, like having a tincture acid go through your system. Um, and you know, so I took it yesterday and like, I, it helped my headache a little bit and then I took a nap and that helped it a little bit more. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always like, you know, if you feel called to try it, try it, but it's not, for everybody you know what i mean not every and if you have a stigma about cannabis then you're probably not going to like it because you're going to bring that stigma to the cbd portion of that plant and then you're going to not have a good time so i'm always kind of like cautious about being like this is what works for me if you're called to try it you should try it because you're called to do it but if you don't want to like there's a million like there's tons of other things you can you can do um this is just one that i prefer
0: yeah absolutely i actually i just because i used to be i mean i've experimented a lot with drugs and i used to smoke smoke a lot of weed and then now right. i was like wondering if i wanted to try cbd oil and now i've actually done like a little bit so it just helps like just bringing some calmness in it but so there's been times where i've done too many drops because i've been too anxious and i was like "Ooh, this doesn't feel good
1: because mm. <laughs> it right.
0: brings like that high feeling that i don't really connect with as much anymore was like when I used to get high.
1: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It all depends. Like some CBD products, like if you get CBD from hemp, then you're not going to have any THC. You don't have to worry about any of that psychoactive. Um, but if you get THC from, I mean, if you get CBD from cannabis, then there is small traces of THC. So, I mean, it's all depends, you right. know, you've got to experiment. Um, Absolutely. and yeah, I mean, I just think of it like ibuprofen, like some people I know take like one ibuprofen to get rid of a headache. And some people I know take like four, you know what I mean? Right. Everyone's got their own thing, you know, like you just gotta, you know. um, And then I know people who smoke cannabis, like with THC and like, they're like doing dabs and they're like, I'm not anxious anymore. And I'm like, oh my God, I would be so, I would be like the paranoid kid in the corner if like I took a dab right now. Like I, you know what I mean? Like that's not, that's not my thing. But like whatever helps you, dude. Yes, like, <laughs> you know, uh, please, like, just don't endanger yourself or others. And I'm, I'm pretty good.
0: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so you know, like going from to into your family too, and they're incredible. I mean, you guys just vibrate that. How did you? How did you and your wife meet?
1: We met on YouTube. Did you? So yeah, yeah. So wow. I was making. Yeah. Yeah. So I was making my like trans videos and I was a, I'm like a trained pastry chef. So I was doing my cake decorating videos and she had started a channel with another woman, um, another cis woman. And it was like cis people who date trans men. So it was mostly cis women, but there were some cis men on there too. And it was like a collaboration channel. I don't Mm -hmm. even know if they do those anymore, but it was like Mondays, so-and-so posts and Tuesdays, this other person posts and Wednesday, you know, um, and it's like the topic of the week. Um, and so it's all about like being a cis person who dates trans men more specific and just having an outlet to talk about the changes and the things that you go through, because I, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a process, you know, Absolutely. there's a transition for everyone. And, uh, so I was making baking videos and she saw one of my baking videos and like, you know, she was dating someone, I was dating someone at the time. So it was very platonic. It was just like, Oh, cool. Oh. And then like, you know, um, I told, like, I introduced my girlfriend at the time to her channel and the things she was doing. And I like knew her, who her boyfriend was because he was like one of the, you know, eight of us who were making videos. Um, (laughs) and then we actually met up in person and I barely said like more than two sentences to her when we met, because it was like the girls were chatting with the girls, excuse me. And the guys were chatting with the guys and we actually didn't really hit it off in person. So it was kind of like, okay, like we tried to be friends, but it didn't really work. So that's fine. And then a few months went by and on our own terms, like she had broken up with her boyfriend. I had was on the verge. Like I was on a break. I was like, I did the break and then break break up. I know. And I shouldn't have done, you know, listen, you know, I was a kid. Um, And, (laughs) and and so I was on a break and she had broken up and I was starting tea. And so she just like very platonically reached out and was like, Hey, like, I know you're starting tea in a few weeks. Like, congrats. That's so exciting. Like, you know, if you have want anyone to talk to type of thing. Um, And then I officially broke up with my girlfriend and her and I were just talking like, on AIM, like in AOL Instant Messenger, you know, Um, (laughs) (laughs) and then it was just very organic in the sense of like, you know, you're just talking to someone, and then you're talking a little bit more to them, and the next thing you know, you're like talking to them throughout the day, and then you're catching feelings for them, Um, and yeah, and then, you know, you were long distance for a few months, um, and then, you know, uh, actually like her father got sick and she asked if I would come stay with her and him um, because she was taking care of him. And I like took a 30 day leave um, and went from New York to Florida. I took a 30 day leave from my job at the time and I never came back. (laughs) So yeah, we just moved in together. And uh, yeah, yes. So um, so it was very like, we definitely like you hauled it, but it wasn't intentional. It was like, you know a a very sad situation that kind of turned into a blessing in a lot of ways so
0: yeah oh um and then and then you guys have antler too so you planned everything with that how did um congratulations too thank you <laughs> how did it feel to hold him
1: for the first time oh my goodness i got to catch him
0: oh right out
1: the womb yeah so i was the first person to like touch and hold him and he's definitely slippier slip slip (laughs) slip, slippier that's a funny word um (laughs) than I thought he would be uh (laughs) but it's been amazing I mean it's just such it's just it's honestly like it's 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 a coin there's like beauty and there's like, trauma <laughs> with, like, <laughs> becoming a, a parent. Like, there just is. Um, and I think a lot of times we just always focus – we always feel like we have to talk about the good stuff because if we say that our kid brings us anything but joy, then we're, like, not a good parent or we, we don't love our kid. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, So, yeah, Jalene and I try to, like, hold both spaces that, like, we love our child and we miss – like like with quarantine we've been like oh man like sometimes I'm like you know what babe if we didn't have antler we would just be like chilling we'd be like Netflixing it up we'd be going on like adventures camping like just you know like the rose-colored glasses you know (laughs) Um, but yeah so like but then like you know if you say that to other people especially people who don't have kids they're like so like are you not happy with antler and you're just like no like you can hold two things at
0: once like you You absolutely can i think that's important too and some people can't understand that and that's okay
1: right right (laughs) right exactly
0: i think that's really amazing that you guys honor like the both both voices that come up with that
1: yeah Yeah. i mean we try that's (laughs) That's (laughs) that's for sure
0: um what is the most rewarding thing about being a dad and what is the hardest
1: the most rewarding thing. Um, uh, the most rewarding thing. I it's, There's just, like, something really beautiful about, like, just watching a child grow. Um, because they really are just, like, this really innocent being. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really magnificent. Like, Jaleigh and I were, like, he's going to be, like, a grown person at one point. You know what I mean, yeah, like fully grown, like that just blows us away, you know, like <laughs> we're just like, what, oh my God, no way, that's not happening, you know, um, but the most rewarding is probably when he you know when like I come in the room or something and he's just like so excited to see me. And he's just like, da 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 <laughs> and he's like reaching up at me and like his hands are going up and he like comes up to me, my legs and he's like pulling at my clothes to like climb up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um it's just really this like you're like no matter how crappy of a mood you're in, you're just like, someone loves me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he loves me. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, so that's definitely like the most rewarding thing is just is like him knowing that like I'm here for him and like I'm a bit like I'm I'm his dad you know and yeah and I'm here and he knows that and that's that's really that's
0: rewarding most rewarding yeah yeah what's that the hardest
1: the hardest I think is kind of a little bit what I mentioned kind of like um the thoughts of like what it used to be you know like going like Janley and I were together for 10 years before we had a baby so like just like the, the it used to be like oh like what we used to do like what friday nights used to look like what sunday mornings used to look like you know like what sleeping in was like you know like um, <laughs> what having time romantically with right. like my wife like especially now like there's no date night like date night and Janley and Aiden time is only when he goes to sleep So it's like really, sometimes we have it and sometimes we don't, you know? Um, So I think like a lot of that is probably like the hardest part is just like comparing what I used to do and how I used to live to what I do and how I live now Um, can be kind of hard to like not think back to those times, you know, and then see other people like, you know, who are like maybe five years younger in a relationship and you're like, oh my God remember when we used to do oh they went camping oh they they rented a house by the lake and now they're you know you know having a drink at three in the afternoon like oh my gosh (laughs) yeah
0: it's true they but they have the both sides to it you're like this is amazing and then you're like oh i do kind of miss this
1: (laughs) right right exactly
0: you have um your own uh, clothing line right too
1: Yeah, yeah. I have a clothing company. Um, It's like definitely evolved. It was a lot more of like my heart and soul when it first started. Um, And now uh, I put a lot of that effort into the nonprofit Point of Pride. But I do have a clothing company. Um, It's called Point5CC. And uh, it was started to raise money for my top surgery. And I kept it open to continue to help that's how, all the profit is how Point of Pride was created and started. And um, it was, Point 5cc was started in 2012. Um, so it's pretty getting old now. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we pretty much have one t shirt that's like our biggest, like, slogan, which is I am enough. And that's a saying that, you know, has really embodied in the company. And, um, it's still just it's like for trans people for their allies um and it's mostly just affirming clothing so that you know you you feel you feel good and remind yourself of how great you actually are uh, yeah. in the close <laughs> so uh yeah so right right yeah yeah i i I had some when I first started that company, I thought like I was going to possibly have that be like everything, you know what I mean? I had big visions for it. And then as I grew, I noticed that I wasn't as fulfilled in the process that then I thought I would be. And I started stepping more into speaking and workshops and stuff. And I found much more fulfillment in that. Um, so it's definitely still something that I love and a bit, a part of me. Um, and if you, you know, I want to check it out, you totally should go cop something. Um, that would be really great. And I mean, I, you know, I'm still like constantly trying to think of like new things to add to it and like new clothes to make. And like, yeah. um, but I try to keep it affirming for trans people and their allies. That's, that's the main focus of it.
0: That's a really powerful message. I mean, I am enough. I was looking at it last night. I was like, I kind of want one of the, you have the one that looks like a like soft tee that looks really comfortable.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's yeah. You're, you're probably a big fan of um, Brene Brown.
1: Yes. 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 Yes.
0: <clears throat> um I wanna go although
1: the, the I am yeah. enough quote comes from a Maya Angelou quote. Oh. Yeah. Um okay. it's like the I don't wanna even attempt to say it because I'm gonna butcher it. Um, but there's something about like being enough in one of her one of her like millions of amazing things that she said. Uh and that's where it came from.
0: Okay, so not, not Brene Brown. Fan of Be- Brene Brown, but it's not from her.
1: Yes, yeah. yes. This, <laughs> actually, the shirt came out, the I Am Enough came out way before uh, Brene Brown. Like, I think that I Am Enough slogan came out in, like, 2014, um, just before Brene Brown was, like, got her big, like, right. you know, kind of blew up. Um, not to say, I mean, like, she'd been doing her work for decades, but, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what um... – what has been was your best um, memory as a child growing up, and your hardest?
1: My best memory as a child. Hmm, that's a good one. Um. Not that, like, I don't. I don't mean to have a long dramatic pause. As if I didn't have any good memories as a child. That's not. That's not. <laughs> not what that long dramatic pause is. Um, I think I'm just really trying to think about it because I think a lot of my work recently has been like healing the traumas and the stories that I learned um, and like just those things as a child. So I, you know, I probably could spend some more time thinking on the positive things, um, but I think I. I always felt really good playing sports. Yeah, yeah, playing softball. I was really big into softball. I was on all county and a big hitter and uh, like stole the most amount of bases one season and got a partial scholarship to a college um, because of my softball career. So I feel like sports was always like a really fun, I felt okay being like a more butch girl I was praised actually for being more masculine in that space mm-hmm. um, and and a lot of my coaches were like lesbians that I didn't know were lesbians and and they and I didn't know I was lesbian but they knew I was so like I found a lot of uh like looking back I'm like oh that's why they really like took me under their wing <laughs> Cause a lot of the coaches would always like really favor me and I you know what I mean um and now that I look back, I'm like, so they probably knew that like
0: Oh like John's yeah, family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um,
1: so so yeah, I think playing sports, like when I think about me playing sports was always like a really fun, beautiful okay. memory. Um nice. and then the worst memory you were saying? Yeah. Um, I, I was very present. I was like three years old when my parents got divorced and I have a lot of like vivid memories of that time. And so I think that was probably like a really hard time for me and, and a lot of trauma created in, in that time frame. So that's definitely like more of my, you know, worst thoughts. Um, when I was like, I was like three or four. And I blocked out, like, I don't have a, like, I don't have a very good timeline memory of like 10 years and younger. Mm. And I think because of that, so I'm like, still trying to like, reclaim that and find the joy that was there. Um, Right. Because, you know, there was still joy there, even though there was trauma. So.
0: Um, what age were you able to really speak up? Like how you're, how you're feeling?
1: I was always too much that was always something that like
0: was that that told to you that you were too much
1: oh yeah yeah like I was too much um I like yeah I was always too much like emotionally too much like I was always you know what I mean like dramatic because I was a girl so it was like you're you're dramatic you're being dramatic so you're being
0: dramatic because you were expressing how you're feeling
1: yeah exactly that's an Um, interesting concept yeah, I, we'll be- I could
0: relate more to it that's right go ahead
1: <laughs> yeah yeah no exactly well I mean like you know because like you're not you know pu- I think as adults we forget that like w- for kids and teenagers like their emotions are all they have in those moments like like when you get your heart broken when you're 14 like your heart is broken like that shit is on the floor it's been stomped on yeah. like your whole world is crashing and when you look when you're like 35 45 and you you see a 14 year old you're like honey, it's okay, like, that's the first of many, like, that person, you gotta love yourself, even if they don't love you, like, you know, but it's, like, you're not putting yourself in their shoes at all, you're just, like, looking in retrospect, which they have no, they have no, like, they can't see past their own eyelids, let alone, (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um,
1: and so, uh, so, yeah, so I was just, like, very dramatic, very too much, I was always told to, like, Think before I spoke, because I would like say things that mm. like you know, because yeah. like yeah, like I just have memories of like adults talking about something and like you know, and then being like, or like even friendships. As I got older, people would be like, "Oh, like he was so mean to me." Da da da, and then they'd be like, "Oh, like well, you know, he's coming over later," and I would just be like, "Why is he coming over if you just told me he was mean to you?" Like I would just like right <laughs> or like even as I got older people would like be like yeah you know like I I really like yeah like I hurt myself yesterday or, or they would say something and then everyone would fall silent and then I would and even now to this day I, I'm always like I can't get over that like I can't just like jump onto the next subject because you just told me that like you hurt yourself like I like you clearly want to talk about that if you're bringing it up you know what I mean yeah um so yeah, uh, but I distinctly remember, like in fifth grade, I got sent to the principal's office for the first time because I told my teacher that like it was ridiculous that all of the boys were the only ones who were allowed to like move the chairs when we were like rearranging the room. It's like, oh, girls, you're gonna like fix the bookshelves and do this and rearrange that, and all the boys are gonna pick up the chairs and we're gonna move the tables and this and and I remember like wanting to help. Um, mm. and my teacher was like, no, 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 like leave that for the boys. And I just remember being like, I, I picked up a chair and I was like, I can pick up a chair too. See, like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, I can pick up a chair. Like, <laughs> what is the problem here? And she like sent me straight to the principal's office. Cause it was like, you know, I was like being like too much. I was like too, you know, being too outspoken to, uh, you that know, was- um,
0: interesting like back you know then how they're like no it has to be like this and that and they are like but i can still i can right. still do this oh well you need to go to the principal what yeah i'm sure that's that was like what did i do like you spoke up for yeah i'm sure that did register you yeah like i called. remember the principal
1: didn't know what to even say <laughs> either like yeah. i just remember sitting there and they're like why are you here like you know, and I'm like, I, pay, I Oh, like I wanted to move the chairs, and the girls are supposed to. We're supposed to be like doing something else, and I did this instead. Oh, and it was mostly like you talked back. That's how it was labeled. Uh okay. You were talking back to the right when it when it was really like you're not falling in line with how you're supposed to act as a girl. So <laughs> you're gonna get punished until you learn how to not take up boys' spaces. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah
0: so what um what age did you feel like something I think you said that though what what age did you feel like something was off like this doesn't I'm not like yeah I mean
1: I I think like in in like that fourth and fifth grade yeah area where I started realizing that I just wasn't the same as the other girls and that makes sense right because like once you hit like 10 11 in girlhood you're you kind of like cross over that line between like being a tomboy is okay to like being a tomboy is not okay, you know. Um, yeah. You kind of, as a as a girl, you get that like leeway as a young one, mm-hmm. but then it like very quickly like, it's like no, But you know what I mean. Um, which is very confusing.
0: <laughs> it's <is> confusing.
1: <laughs> right.
0: What what was like? What is your voice? You know, looking in the mirror then to now? Like, do you feel like you're like, this is me, like, this is truly me?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I always, like, didn't understand, like, I was always very, I wasn't clueless that I was different, but I was, I didn't understand, like, I just, my mom was a single mom, and she always taught me that, like, growing up as a girl that, like, you know, I just saw my mom, like, mow the lawn, take out the garbage, make dinner, yeah. go to work. Like I just saw her do all of the things always. Mm-hmm. Um, so when people would tell me like, oh, like this is a boys thing, or this is a, that thing, or like I had two older brothers. So like I was always allowed to play with them and like be ninjas and right. teenage mutant Ninja Turtles. And you know what I mean? Like, so I never understood, like I was very clueless in the sense of like, I just don't get it. Like I can do exactly what this boy is doing, what I don't understand. Like you keep telling me that I can't do these things and I keep doing these things. So clearly like, that's not true. You know? (laughs) Um, so I think, uh, you know, when it, when it relates to that, I, 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 it wasn't in a confident way though. It was more in like an angered way. It was like, I want to do this and you're not letting me. And so I'm going to do it anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, more of that. I'll show you. And anything. Yeah, exactly. More of that than like, I'm worthy of this or like any language that I use now. Um, and then like when I got in my teenage years, it was more like, you suck. You're a failure. Mm. You're ugly. You're fat. You're, you know, different. You're, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, 1995, you know, uh, Matthew Shepard's killed like I'm you know just about 10 years old I'm you know what I mean people are talking about having crushes and this and that and you know what I mean um so I think that's when that like rhetoric of like okay well I might as well start putting myself down because that's what everyone's telling me you know
0: yeah it's tough being a kid (laughs) you know (laughs) just all the things that come with it as well um yeah I saw that you were on a Sinsmen interview. Right? I'm sorry. It's is that what it's called? The Sensmen's interview. Sensmen? Am I saying that wrong? You were on an interview with a whole bunch of men at a table.
1: Right. Oh, cis men. Is cis that the word you say? There we go. Yes. Sorry. Men. Sorry. Yes, <laughs> cis men. Um, How? Yes. What's that? That was the Man Enough show. Um, man Enough. We are ManEnough.com um, or man, man TV, Yeah, just Google man enough. It'll come up. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that was awesome. That was a few years ago. That was really great. Uh, talked about body image. Um, and you know, we're just a bunch of guys just talking about real stuff that most guys don't talk about, you know what I mean? Um, and it was put on by Justin Baldoni and the Wayfair entertainment, um, and this guy Farhood and, uh, was just this really awesome opportunity where a bunch of guys who had these tie positions within their own communities were coming together to just talk about like the pressures and the things that go on in masculinity that, uh, can turn it to be, can turn it toxic. You know, I don't think masculinity doesn't start toxic. Um, it turns toxic. And so we're just kind of talking about that turn and fitting in and, trying to hold space for men that isn't normally held
0: it, I, I watched it it was it was really really good it was really oh great. Yeah,
1: yeah yeah thanks yeah. It, yeah it was really awesome to be a part of it for sure
0: um and you were also you know on men's health like how how was that experience for you um when you actually got the call that you were going to be like that you got it like how was that for you
1: Yeah. I mean, I, at the time it was like, it was a mix of like trying to fit in and trying to like fit this mold of masculinity so that I would be accepted. Right. Um, Which, which, you know, was really like hard for me because it allowed, it made me like shut down parts of myself just so that I would like fit in. Right. Um, But also at the same time, it was super affirming of my masculinity. So it was kind of this like balancing act of like, okay, like how can I fit in, but still be as much myself as possible? You know what I mean? Um, and so it was, it was awesome. I mean, it was honestly, like I really truly believe that it was a lot of, it was like the, a door opener for trans masculine uh, visibility and for other trans men to start being visible too. Um, and it was this, this real big movement in time. Uh, it was the same year Laverne Cox got the cover of time magazine and uh, Caitlyn Jenner was coming out and you know you can feel how you feel about anybody but the reality is is that these were monumental times in the trans community and um, I was just really lucky and privileged and happy to be a part of it
0: yeah that's absolutely incredible so uh, we're gonna go into a little bit of a faster round so come into the closure um, yeah yeah who are your heroes
1: oh my heroes Okay. So my biggest hero, like the person who had the most, um, impact on my life, uh, in the more recent, right? Like my mom is definitely a big hero, like long-term in my life. Um, but I think somebody that I think, I guess when I think of a hero, I, 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 tend to think like outside of, of that. Um, so Les Brown is a speaker. Um, and I've never met him in my life, but, but he has made such an impact on my life by hearing his talks and listening to the stories he tells and his own story. And um, he really made me believe that it was possible for me to be successful. It was possible for me to, like even at that time with Men's Health, to get on the cover, that it was possible that I could take up space at the table with a bunch of cis men that it was possible that I could love myself, um, that I could find that, you know, I could have a family just that, that all the things I didn't think I could have that they were actually things that could happen for me and his talks. Um, you know, I just listened to them through YouTube. Um, again, I've never met this man in my life. Um, I've signed up to try
0: to, he's incredible.
1: Oh yeah. You saw him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never even seen him in person oh. ever. Um and uh yeah, he's just like really amazing and has drastically changed my life um single-handedly just by just by talking, just by opening up these uh things inside of me that were there but had never been pulled out before. Um and so I really uh I really like I still listen I still listen to his talks all the time all the time over and over and over and over I can like tell you his whole all of his like cues all of the like stories he tells like you know what I mean um and it's just been really powerful so he's definitely been like a huge uh inspiration and mentor to me um which is the beauty of of online world right now is that I have tons of mentors, and I never met any of them. (laughs) You know what I mean. (laughs) Um, But I go to them for advice. I go to them when I'm feeling down. I go to them when I need uh, motivation.
0: Yeah. Gosh. Um, Biggest lesson that you learned in the last twelve months?
1: The last twelve months. Oh, that's a good one. Um, Biggest lesson I learned in the last twelve months. I'm learning a lot about um, like things outside of me. Like I'm learning a lot about like white privilege. I'm learning a lot about fat phobia. Um, I'm learning a lot about uh, internalized like toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, these are all really big subjects and I'm just learning how to uh, hold, hold the space for those big things and to accept that like, they're not just going to change in that there's going to be a lot of learning my whole lifetime. I'll be learning about these topics. Um, and so I think I've just been learning about, you know, the things that uh, have, that are like, you know, embedded in me and, and trying to recognize that like these things are taught to me and shown to me. And how can I have compassion for my Um, but also hold myself accountable for how I will act, how I use the privilege and how that's put out into the world. I'm
0: going to go a little bit faster. How long have you been vegan?
1: So I don't identify as vegan per se. I definitely identify as plant-based. And that has to do with just the concept that of like, intersectionality and also the concept that like uh, my own uh body image issues and my own like internalized fat phobia and stuff like that so I don't like to use vegan because it's just like I, I don't know like if I I don't like to restrict foods from myself in any way um and like I eat honey and a lot of vegans would say that's not vegan Um, but I definitely am plant-based. I don't eat meat or dairy or any, I mean, like most people would say I'm vegan, but I personally don't like to identify that. (laughs) But how long have I been that? So I've only been eating plant-based, um, since like strictly since January of 2020, actually. Um, Mm -hmm. my wife has been, uh, plant-based for longer and, uh, I did a very slow integration. So like the last six months of 2019, I started to remove foods from my um, diet and uh, just started experimenting and learning about all the other types of proteins and other types of vegetables and all that type of stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, What, what is your vision?
1: My vision for you, for me?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I, I really crave cultivating community. I feel like it's something that I'm good at. Um, and my vision is to have a life in which I feel satisfaction 99.9% of the time. And I feel safe financially safe, um, at, like with like options for me and my family. um, and overall, like I just, I just have a vision of just like community, yeah, just like community, and and however I'll get there, you know what I mean? Um, I really, I really know firsthand that like everything that people want to accomplish is something they can do, and I really am like a possibilitarian in the sense that I don't really think you know everything's impossible until someone does it. So I just, you know, I just don't. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just I just don't know if it's if anything's impossible. Um, you know, like yeah. and like and a lot of people are like, "Well, you can't fly." And it's like, "I don't know though, can we though?" Cuz like <laughs> people fly all day in planes. So that's I mean, what is flying? Like, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. Like, you know, like what is flying? You never
0: to- I mean, like you don't know what can open up down the line. Yeah, I just Yeah.
1: I just I just don't I just don't really Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I guess my vision is just like building, continuing to build community and find happiness and satisfaction and joy and bliss and, uh, to continue to, you know, dive into my own wounds so that I can come out more strengthened. And, um, yeah, I think like I'm really just constantly working on like my worthiness and feeling like, um, the space that I've been granted is something that I, can that space I can take it up without feeling guilt or shame for taking up that space.
0: It's amazing. Mm. Uh, Favorite thing to do.
1: Favorite thing to do right now um, with quarantine and everything, I've been longboarding again. So I've been longboarding. That's been really fun for me. Um, I used to skateboard a lot when I was younger. Um, And then I, as I got older, I'm like, I can't really like go breaking things. (laughs) You know, I have to like show up for stuff. So I can't just be like, Oh, sorry. Can't do that. My arm's broken Um, or my leg. Or so I've been longboarding a lot. Um, especially cause like all of the like parking lots and the parking garages, they're all like empty right now. And the, the gravel is just super smooth and like you can just kind of weave in and out. So that's been uh, my favorite thing to do in Great. the last few months.
0: Uh, favorite movie?
1: The Lion King.
0: He, oh yeah, I do actually know this. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite quote?
1: Favorite quote. Oh, that's a good one. Favorite quote. I'm not the best at like memorizing quotes. Uh but I will say like I have my favorite poem is a uh, Les Brown poem, um, where he talks uh there's a lot of mention of like God, but I I'm I'm developing a new relationship with the word God. Uh being raised Christian, I always thought of like one version of God, but I'm 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 getting more fluid with that language of God. Um, and uh he has a quote, um that I could not, na- I could, I want to memorize, but I can't, um, <laughs> but it just talks, it talks about having, like, uh, like strength and tenacity, um, and, uh, to, to showing up every day and to believing that you have a purpose and that, you know, w- finding that purpose is really important to, to living a joyful life, um, so, yeah. but yeah, I don't think I, 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 can't really like not that good at like memorizing that's why i don't i'm also like not into political activism because they're always like memorizing statistics and numbers and i'm just like i don't know i can't do that <laughs> you know like i can't quote people <laughs> i can't remember the statistics of this or that or the name of the law the hb 519 and then you know like i just i'm not i'm not, not here for that
0: there. yeah
1: no I'm like, like i don't feel <laughs> right Well, that's I'm just, I just, you know, like, let the political activists do that work. Like, I'm not trying to be who I'm not, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. Do you have a favorite book? A favorite book? Um, Firestarters by Danielle Laporte. Firestarters. It's a book. I have not.
0: Okay. Um, And then I have three more. (laughs) What do you, what do you want to be remembered as?
1: What do I to be remembered as? So my goal in life is that, e- that even the people who don't like me, right? So even like my haters, um, I want them to have, like I've been calling it uh, like a Michael Jordan status. So whether or not you like Aiden Dowling, I want to be remembered as somebody who made an impact on the transgender community. So I call it like the Michael Jordan effect, eh, because even if you hated Michael Jordan, like even the players that lost to Michael Jordan that hate him (laughs) have to admit that Michael Jordan changed the game of basketball. And so that's kind of what I want. I want even for the people who don't like me as a person to be able to recognize the impact I had on the trans community.
0: Um, it's your last day on earth. What do you want to do?
1: Hang out with my family. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just want to be in the sun near water. Um, and just like, yeah, just like remembering what my wife's smile looks like, uh, like being held by my mom Holding my dad's hand, um, you know, just being really like, just like remembering the things that really matter. And um, that wouldn't have been my answer even just like six years ago. But I think as I've gotten older, I've learned how important uh, family is. And when I say family, like I mean friends and all that too, you know?
0: Um, anyone that would you like to say anything that was like is listening that's going through any struggles on you know who they are or anything you're you're really good with that
1: I Don't of anything yeah i i feel like you know um first i would say to anybody who feels just lost in in who they are maybe it's gender related maybe it's just they just feel like they just don't know who they are anymore yeah i feel like you you know my message is like you you don't have to figure it out because you're always changing. Like you're always evolving and you're not going to be, you're not who you are, you know, 10 years ago. And you're not going to be who you are 10 years from now. So I feel like a lot of times we keep trying to find this language that describes who we are because we want to feel seen, um, which is invalidated, which is so normal. Um, but I think like, (laughs) no matter how much outside validation you get, like, unless you validate yourself, like you're never going to feel validated. You're never going to feel good enough. You're never going to feel like, uh, worthy, um, unless you decide that you are. And, uh, so yeah, I think if you're, if you're someone who's struggling with your identity, just like slow down, just like take a break, take a beat, stop, stop for a whole week. (laughs) Nothing's going to change. No, you're not going to, you know, nothing's going to erupt. Uh, you know, just, just too many people are trying so hard to figure out who they are that, uh, I think you're just paddling upstream as Abraham would say, you know, you're just, yeah. you're just trying to get somewhere that the harder you try, the the further you're actually going to get from that. So, uh, yeah, just, just be more with yourself. And then the other thing that I've been trying to, to say more often is, um, I've met a lot of people, like a lot of famous people, a lot of influencer people, a lot of musicians. I mean, I've met Ellen DeGeneres and UFC fighters and rock stars and all these people. And as Les Brown says, like, I don't say these things to impress you, but I say them to impress upon you. Um, These people are absolutely no different than you are. All that they did was take leaps of faith and they decided to go after their dreams that's it and some of them got lucky and some of them worked their ass off and but no matter what they are still a human you know like you think of your most popular famous person that you look up to right now like they are still a human they stay still have their own issues they still go through things they are not in pure bliss because they are you know, on world tours and making millions of dollars a year. Like they still struggle with their partner or they still feel alone or they still have issues with their parents or, you know, um, and I've, I've met enough people to really recognize that. And so, you know, I just, I feel like more people need to hear that everyone's a human and that, you know, if you go after your dreams too, like there's a good chance that you'll make it. Yeah. Hmm.
0: first um i want to thank you thank you so much for doing this and coming on um i really honor you and cherish you and honor everyone you know that goes through things too in life because life is hard life is beautiful and Hmm. life is hard so thank you for being here um thank you for doing this where can we find you
1: uh yeah so you can find me at aidan.dowling.com. Uh, it's spelled a little funky, but I'm sure it'll be like in your show notes. Um, you could also look up my, you pretty much just look up my name on any of the platforms, look up Aidan Dowling on Twitter or Instagram or YouTube, um, or just go to my website. Um, that's, that's the best way to find me. I would say that my, I am most active on my Instagram. So if you're looking for me right now, today, I would check out, um, I would just look up my name on Instagram because my my Instagram name can't be changed. Um, like I try to change it on Instagram and they're like, please contact someone from Instagram. But oh, <laughs> you can't contact anyone from Instagram. So just look up my name, Aiden Dowling, A-Y-D-I-A-N-D-O-W-L-I-N-G. Mm.
0: Thank you so and much. And another,
1: another uh, Les Brown quote that I love is, I said I don't remember quotes, but here I am quoting. (laughs) Um, So Les Brown says, It's hard and it's worth it. Mm.
0: Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. And I'm wishing you guys a beautiful week as you move through whatever you're going through, uplifting your spirits and just raising your vibration on who you're supposed to line up with. Wishing you guys. The best, always, take care. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview as much as I did. It's just a conversation with another human. And I want to come into a little bit of the topic on realizing, you know, how important our lives are, how we are viewed as individuals. And right now, you know, when they're taking healthcare away from trans You have no idea what that means to them, how their whole life is shaken up because they're not being accepted for who they are because of our, because clearly because of our fucking president. So before you come into a matter of judging someone, step back and think about like how that would feel with yourself, a loved one, a family member, like all of us have a heartbeat. They have a heartbeat. We have a heartbeat need to understand that we're all in this, this life together and we all need to be treated as one with respect and kindness. So it's, it's, it's a really hard time. And I wanted to bring on and say that right now that to keep, keep fighting, keep being with you, do not stop fighting, um, knowing that you absolutely matter and, Never give up on that. Never give up. Your life is yours. And it's meant to be here. And surround yourself with people that love you and see you. If you don't have that that group of people, find them. Because they're there. They're there. I love you guys. And keep keep fighting, keep being you. Don't ever stop being you. Don't ever stop being you. You guys en- enjoyed this uh, podcast or you got something from it from this episode. Please share with others. You can find me on Dylan. It's your time on Instagram Or if you want to work with me too, dylansyourtime.com. And I just am very humbled to be able to bring these episodes and share these shares with you. Thank you for being here. And really, when I say thank you for being here, thank you for being here fully alive. Take care always deeply. Till next time.